So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're having a fantastic day. And um, I just want to mention real quick, thank you to those of you who have left a rating, a review of the podcast. It means the world to us, uh, to us. Well, yeah, there's a team behind here. It means the world to me. How about that for now, since I'm the one talking? Uh, really, th- thank you guys. And um, and if you have been you know, impacted by the podcast, and if you believe that the content here could help some other people, it would just mean the world to me if you would leave a rating or review on your respective platform. Um, Today, guys, we're diving into a really interesting subject. I think this is probably one of the most common topics that that we see come up in our communities, and that is the subject of attraction. So it's really interesting because attraction is God-given, but if we're not taught how to manage our attraction well, usually we either overindulge and we kind of mismanage it, or we suppress it, which is really just a more covert form of mismanagement. So for me, I you know I grew up thinking um, attraction was bad. Don't like the fact that you're attracted to people that you find certain people attractive. Um, that's bad. Like you shouldn't have any attraction. But then you know at some point you kind of learn that it's it's sort of okay. But then my attraction was leading me to watch porn. So then it was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible because I see attractive women on the streets and I start fantasizing or, you know, someone reminds me of someone I know or, you know, someone I've had an encounter with sexually or whatever it might be. And suddenly your attraction just feels like this awful gateway to way worse behavior. And so we were talking in our community recently about, you know, when does innocent attraction cross the line? When is it? you know, when is it okay to be attracted to someone and how do you handle that in a way that is appropriate and I suppose godly, that's got to be a really important parameter in this evaluation and, you know, when is it clear that it's kind of crossed the line? So I wanted to talk about it today because let's not kid ourselves, there's attractive people everywhere and we're all attracted to different kinds of things, different kinds of qualities, features in a person for very different reasons. There's no rules here, there's no right of way or right or wrong. Um, really, it's just figuring out why are we attracted to the things we're attracted to and how do we handle it appropriately. Um, attraction is God-given. I really believe that with all my heart in the sense that I believe God has designed us to be drawn to other people. Um, attraction is really a broad term. You know, I, I can think about certain people I've made friends with Um, who are men, you know, and I remember meeting them and feeling a draw to them. It would sound funny to say I felt attracted to them because as soon as we hear attracted, we think romantic or sexual. But really, the, the draw or the kind of connection I felt with them is not that different on a, on a conceptual level. It's, it's there is something about them that I feel drawn to. There's something about them that attracts me, that, that makes me want to spend more time with them, to get to know them better, to hang out. And, you know, some of those guys are still, 
my best friends today. Most of them stood beside me at my wedding a couple years ago. So uh, attraction has a, a broad kind of scale. You know, I bet you, you guys have signed up for a program or you listen to a podcast or there's someone you follow online because you are attracted to them. There, there's, there's a great message probably that they have, but there's something about the individual that makes you go, I like that guy. I, I want to learn from him. He's got something to offer me or she knows she knows what she's talking about. And there's something I, I feel encouraged when I'm around her. I feel like I can be myself. I feel a confidence or a safety or whatever it might be. We always, you know, we're always drawn to different people for different reasons. So those concepts don't change when you start talking about sexual or romantic attraction. You know, there's there's different reasons that we experience a physical attraction to another person. Sometimes it's qualities, um, physical features and qualities. Sometimes the physical features and qualities are the conscious tip of the iceberg, but underneath it are tons of subconscious motives and desires that are more drawn to somebody's characteristics, uh, their demeanor, their persona, and you know some of those more intangible qualities of an individual. So again, there's no right or wrong. It's a complicated issue. Um, but I think when we're talking about, you know, when does innocent attraction cross the line? The reason I'm prefacing all of it with, you know, just understanding what attraction is, is because you have to understand that attraction is a good thing. We, we were made to be attracted to things, to each other. And there's reasons for it. And, you know, um, it's interesting because, of course, that's a slippery slope, even that statement, because there are child pedophiles out there, child pedophiles, I guess just pedophiles. There are pedophiles out there who are attracted to children. So is that attraction God-given? No, absolutely not, right? That kind of attraction is completely inappropriate. It's completely ungodly. So I'm not trying to say that, you know, if you're attracted to something, well, that's just the way it is, you know, and God made you to be attracted. But I'm just talking about, you know, in general, those sexual desires within us, that the, the things that maybe cause you to, to look a little bit longer at an attractive woman, the, the thing that maybe um, draws your attention to the attractive person in the room, first thing, you know, you notice it without even really thinking about it. There's an element of it where it's like, well, actually, God's made us to be attracted. And our brains have been conditioned and also have a preconditioning to identifying attractive things. That's just, again, it's a, it's a fundamental kind of mechanism within us. So when does attraction cross the line? Let's, let's answer this a bit more directly. Um, if you and I were sitting in a room and a naked woman runs across the room, like just comes out of nowhere, runs across the room, disappears, and you and I both look, does that cross the line? I would like to say no, it doesn't. Because it's you and I, um, number one, I mean, that could have been a locomotive train, we would have looked, right? So just looking, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, something catching your attention, nothing wrong with that, not not necessarily. Uh, again, it depends on what we're talking about here. But like, if, if, you're, if it's just, you know, honest heterosexual attraction, from my stance, I'm like, yeah, you you having a pull or a draw, it catching your attention, not really a big deal. Now, if you have same-sex attraction, I'm going to get to you in just a minute. Don't worry. Um, but uh, for, for those who are, are heterosexually oriented and your attraction is to the opposite sex, yeah, you know, that noticing those things is, is not a problem. If it was a beautiful woman, she wasn't naked, same scenario, she walks across and you notice her, 
noticing her is not a problem. You have to remember, like when you want to get married or assuming that you are married, attraction is what drew you to that person. You were attracted to them physically. And it's not, there, there's no such thing. Your, your brain, unfortunately, is not able to say, this is my wife. I will look at her and check her out. That woman is beautiful. She's not my wife. I won't check her out. Your brain is not able to make those distinctions. Your mind must be conditioned to make those distinctions, okay? And that is absolutely possible. So uh, when, does, when does innocent attraction cross the line? It usually crosses the line after the initial moment. Okay, so you and I notice uh, somebody, no issue there. That would be deemed innocent attraction. Um, if you start looking at them for a little bit longer, that starts to venture into interesting territory. Is it sinful? Is it crossing the line? Mm. I mean, if it's an extra second or two, no. If you're starting to stare, then yeah, probably. Um but, you know, again, the, the thing that we're trying to do in recovery and in becoming sexually whole individuals is we're trying to change our relationship with beauty. And so what I would hate for you to develop is this complex around attractive people where you feel like you can't look at them at all because you don't want to cross the line. We're, we're trying to land in this sweet spot where we are not obsessing or objectifying the individuals that we find attractive. Now, I'm kind of saying individuals as opposed to women because I know that women listen to the show. And so for women, it would be men, men, women in a heterosexual context. Um, so I think it's it's understanding that there's, there's a sweet spot, right? And that initial attraction is fine. Um, and I think if you are, if you have a healthy relationship with beauty, you don't have to say, yeah, uh, she's attractive. Look away. You know, like you don't have to have the darting eyes or like the swivel head. It's it's just about being able to say, oh, wow, yeah, she's attractive. And for me personally, I don't think this is true for everybody, but I would say probably a majority. Just being able to to have permission to, to say, oh, that person is attractive is really liberating. Like it kind of dissipates it. When I feel like I have to stuff or suppress my attraction to someone, that's when it starts to swell up. It, it becomes this problem and it, it really becomes something bigger than it needs to be. Whereas when I just kind of say, oh yeah, that's a beautiful girl. I can keep moving on with my day. Like it's, yeah, that's that's a person of beauty and I can carry on. Um, the one thing that I would really caution guys against, especially uh, who are listening to this, is checking girls out, you know, looking them up and down, um, spending extended time on body parts, uh, like looking at body parts. Those are things that are well within your realm of control. And I know that because I have personally deconditioned my brain from, you know, checking out everything that moves basically. And certainly, you know, spending extended time trying to sneak in extra glimpses of people I'm attracted to, to a place now where, uh, you know, I was watching a show yesterday. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine, big Andy Samberg fan. And um, anyways, I was watching this scene, uh, one of the uh, girls, um, Amy, Amy in the show, you know, she's in a tank top and I, I catch, I can catch my brain. I've created enough gap between my mind and my brain in these scenarios. I can catch my brain has noticed she's in the tank top and wants to look down at the, the, at her chest. I wants to look down at her chest and the lower parts of her body. But I have presence of mind to say no. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed 
on her face. And there's actually a scripture, I believe it's in Proverbs. Um, gosh, I, I don't remember now. Don't quote me on that. But there is a scripture that talks about how the hair of a woman is her glory. And so I actually make an effort to really fixate on the hair of a woman because I find it, it keeps my, my focus really pure, really sincere and really innocent. And so the, the one thing I would say is, yes, um, celebrate the attraction, acknowledge it, give God thanks for the beauty. Be very careful how you look at their bodies because that is, um, that's objectification, right? It, it becomes very much, a, um, an, a, you know, I, I would say it's like using somebody else's body, their form, their figure, and viewing it through a lens that is very self-serving. Now, again, you may, like, I remember in, in Jamaica, when I was living in Jamaica, the girls dress very provocatively there. So there were certain things I noticed, not even making a conscious choice or like a semi-subconscious choice, but literally just noticed because it's there. Like, it would be impossible to ignore. So you're going you're gonna to be in those scenarios. I'm not saying like, oh, if you check somebody out, that's the line. I guess what I'm saying is when your brain say, oh, that person's attractive and then check out, that little gap, you can, that little, I guess, decision-making process, you can build a gap there so that you acknowledge they're attract, uh, attractive, but you're not carrying through with those, those innate desires that want to check out the body and want to fixate and double take and everything else. So when does innocent attraction cross the line? It crosses the line after the initial moment. And um, the, the responsibility you and I carry is to become so hyper aware of our desires, of, of not even our desires, but of our brain's tendencies, uh, that we become vigilant to ensure that our patterns and our habits are always, always through a lens of honor and beauty. If you get nothing else from this, I hope you'll at least hear that those are, those are really the two things that we want to try to view everything in the world through women included, honor and beauty. Now, I, I promised that I would I would just comment really quickly on if you do have same-sex attraction, and maybe for you, it's, it's probably a very different experience. I, I can't speak from personal experience, and I'm not going to pretend that I understand this, but um, you know, we have guys in our group who have same-sex attraction. Obviously, I've worked with tons of clients who have it over the years, so I, I understand um, to an extent, at least how this works, and I'm trying to learn all the time. So um, if there's a little bit of ignorance on my part, forgive me, but I, I really am doing my best. And what I would say is if you experience same-sex attraction, number one, you want to understand that there's always reasons of why you're attracted to something. Always, always reasons. And it would be helpful to get into that. But if you're, you know, you're going down the street and you see somebody of the same sex and they're attractive to you, um, again, I would actually use that moment to lean into it. Now, again, it's the same things. We're not checking the person out. We're not fixating. We're not double taking. We're not doing any of that stuff. But again, that initial attraction is, is, is there and it's better for you to acknowledge, God, thank you for making another attractive individual. Like, thank you for this attractive person. It's better to call a spade a spade. You, you do find them attractive. So let's just call it what it is. And it's better you give God thanks for them. It, it, again, just let's label it. Let's dissipate it and move on with your day. It's not really that different conceptually. But again, I understand that there's other layers to it because, of course, there comes maybe a shame element of like, oh, should I even be attracted to the opposite sex? What's wrong with me? Why is this here? 
all that kind of stuff. Now, as best as you can, I want to encourage you. And, uh, you know, people with opposite sex attraction go through the same thinking as well. It's like, oh, why am I checking her out? Why can't I just get my head away from, you know, get my head out of the gutter? Especially when you catch yourself fantasizing and that kind of thing. Um, the, the operative term is we want to be kind to ourselves. We want to give ourselves permission to explore our attractions and why they're there to understand them better, to heal from them if it's necessary. You know, I would certainly hope that for a pedophile who notices he has this uh, unusual attraction to children, I would hope that he's working through that, that he's healing. He's trying to figure out why that is there and why that exists. Um, you know, and I think for somebody who has same-sex attraction, that process is worth looking into. And you know what? I think for somebody who has opposite sex attraction, it's worth looking into as well. You know, one of the things I discovered for me, uh, you know, if you look at my dating history, primarily, I dated women who had black hair, brown eyes, and darker skin. So that's very peculiar, you know, and um, it's peculiar because uh, both of my siblings married Canadians, like white people, you know, they weren't attracted to the same features as me. So this isn't just some cultural thing. Um, what is it? You know, why is that going on? And if you dig in, you know, I've talked extensively about some of the issues I had in my relationship with my mom that I had to work through. And uh, I believe those are at play. So your attraction is always a great opportunity to dig in to understand yourself better, to really, I would say, formulate a bit more of your story or an origin story, as Jay Stringer would call it. And I think that goes a really, really long way to um, to just putting attraction in its place. Because I think the the danger is that we would make too big of a deal of this and that we would, we would use our attraction as sort of some sort of measuring stick for how healthy we are, how free we are, that kind of thing. There, there is truth to that to an extent, again, depending on your situation, um, the pedophile being a great example of, yeah, if that attraction starts to diminish, we can say, yeah, he's healing. There's other ways to measure somebody's healing. And a huge part of it is not the existence of an attraction, but rather the response to it. What is the regular response? And as I've mentioned, I have conditioned my brain in many different ways to respond to um, to people that are attractive in what I believe to be a very healthy way. And and so, um, again, I, I have to be careful. Like, I have a history so there might be people who are healthier in this area that can actually, um, you know, acknowledge somebody's attractive um, and maybe they can engage with them a little bit longer and it doesn't become anything problematic. I just haven't gone there myself. I don't really intend to. I don't feel like I need to. Um, but the last thing I'll just say is this, you know, um, I've heard people uh, in the church, especially attractive girls, talk about how difficult it is for them to get any attention from guys. And you might hear that and think, well, that's ridiculous. They're attractive girls in church. Like, we know how this goes. You know, we know that they're the center of attention, whatever, whatever. But what happens often is guys feel so guilty about their attraction that they purposely will avoid the attractive women. And then the attractive women are, are left to kind of wonder, like, what's wrong with me? Now, obviously, I'm using funny terms, right? Like, the attractive women. What does that even mean? Because attractive is personal and subjective. But obviously, we all know there's there's generally women in, in a group that are going to stand out and be considered attractive by, we'll just say, a larger majority of men. Maybe that's the right way to put it. Um, and I guess um, the one thing I would say, and for me what's been really uh, amazing, is uh, it was probably 2000... I don't even know when it was, actually. I I'm trying to remember now. I forget, but I had reached a point in my life where I was able to be around women that I found quite attractive, hang out with them, look at them in the eyes, and... 
and really just ex- appreciate their beauty. And this was especially with people that I was, I was friends with, you know, that I had a relationship with where it's like, yeah, I actually want to, I want to engage with these people on a deeper level. We're not talking about strangers on the street now. We're talking about people where there's rapport. And I thoroughly enjoyed that, you know, and I'm saying like it's past tense, like it doesn't happen anymore. But I, I guess that season was where I particularly noticed like, wow, I really am healing because it's not just that I'm, I can be around these people and it's fine and I'm not getting like aroused or my mind's not wandering into fantasy land. But beyond that, it's like I am able to, you know, look them in the eyes and say, wow, God, you made a beautiful person and continue to have a platonic friendship with them. And that is really, really cool. So anyways, I've rambled long enough. Thank you guys for listening. And if you want some help in this area, you want more guidance, um, maybe you want some trainings. You know, you're like, okay, Sathya, I know you have a program, not quite ready, but you are maybe just interested in some more trainings for me that kind of talk about these primitive subjects of sexual health. Uh, We have a Facebook group called Deep Clean Inner Circle. And very soon, I'm going to start doing weekly trainings in there. Um, and it's going to be all kinds of stuff. It'll be these kinds of concepts, but we'll go way more in depth. Uh, we'll give you exercise to wa- exercises to walk through and obviously some practical t- takeaways so that you can start applying it right away. That's really where the money is. It's in the application. And so I want to really encourage you guys, um, go join that group. It's called Deep Clean Inner Circle. You can type it into Facebook or you can click the link in the show notes. And uh, that's everything for today. Much love to you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast, and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.